0: ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, episode 126. This is 6 a.m. Well, this ain't no sideshow. This is the great unknown. This is the poison we take. dig into the things that scare you and expose the, the raw nerve and, and get on with our lives. It's okay to be different. That is 6 a.m. It's a little audio uh, captured from the video there at the end there by uh, Nicky Six himself talking about uh, the album, his book, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's so true. Do not believe the lies of the beautiful people. And going into the ninth commandment, this is a, uh, a, a philosophical challenge, right? This is a kind of a where do we head? How, what direction do I go in with this? Um, experiences from my own life and truth and lies. What is the truth about lies? Um, someone could get lost in this topic of, of lies, truth. You know, where are we at with this? because we live in a culture of uh, autonomy, right? And I'll be talking about that pretty soon. i um, launching right into it here. My name is Russ Shaw. Uh, this is Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. You're listening to the podcast on uh, uh, addiction, mainly that I'm talking about here. That thing you do, you don't want to do, but you keep doing it anyway, right? That's Addiction, it's its a bad habit. It's something that you've started doing, you're having a hard time stopping. Addiction is that, um, that word that we've placed on this thing. Um, the Bible is going to say that sin is a diversion against the will of God, our creator, and we're all kind of inflicted with it, but we also choose... Um, out of our hearts, out of what we flow, out of all this energy that comes flowing out of us all the time, what we're going to do. Like, the creator of the universe loves us and he didn't make robots, right? So we can either choose to love him or choose not to, that's part of the creative design that God made us, that God sits in heaven and does as he pleases, right? That's Psalm 115 verse 3 that a lot of us have this relationship with God and we start, I think a lot of people reject God because we don't know how to make sense of it all and everything's a mess, right? This world is insane right? I mean, the way things work out, the pain that's involved, it just seems like a parade of corpses for a lot of people, just death and pain. And yes, there's beauty in life. But when it comes to the pain, these issues, how do we resolve them? What do we do? And I'm saying that that has everything to do with addiction, right? It has everything to do with the energy that comes flowing out of us that we like to pretend isn't there. But it is totally true part of this journey of life is spending that energy all of the time the creative intellectual relational right spiritual energy that is constantly being spent i mean i've said that a thousand times but it's so important that you remember that that we are spiritual beings flowing out continuously all the time it's what we're created to do God didn't make robots. Our relationship with others, the pain that is caused, we're sinned against, we sin as a result, we learn that two plus two is five, a lot of us, um, things like that. What do we do to make sense of it all? Because that's part of the the issue, right? Um, This professor at uh, Yale University, um, Paul Bloom, I've been listening to, was talking about... uh, In social psychology, um, we are intensely interested in what other people are doing, right? For example, um, the news media and all the money that is spent in magazines, advertising, websites, um, reading about the lives of celebrities, right? Like, why do we care what... Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt do you know I mean there's this weird energy that's in us that we are interested in the lives of other people and it's not just celebrities and news it is what we it's a lot of our energy is invested in what other people are doing you put sinful human beings together for too long there's always friction you know something happens and and someone's offended and what do we do how do we react um, a lot of us addicts either you get real angry or we, you know, uh, withdraw. Uh, it, it's tough for a lot of us to be in relationship. When it comes to resolving conflict, because if you're going to live life with people in conflict, right, there's going to be conflict. I mean, there's always conflict. Some of the creative types, like there is really super creative people who need to have their courage built up, who need to break their... Um, We get into habits of attitude. And one of the worst habits we can get in is collecting information on others. You know, my view of others frames who I am. It's another surface adornment that we just attach how much better we are than others. You know, we don't really know their total story, but we have areas where we're better in this area than they are. And it's on the surface and we can see it so we can judge them and feel better about ourselves. Here are people who who read tabloids, right? They're looking at all these famous rich and famous people. If I had all that money, I wouldn't be a mess like they are. No, you'd probably be worse. I mean, that's the truth. I would, I could admit that, right? Glad, thank God I wasn't blessed with a ton of frickin' money, because I almost was before the crash of the NASDAQ back in 99. I had an internet idea that, that gained some interest by you know, financial investment people. I thank God that in that place, when I was in that place, that I was not blessed with a ton of cash. Because I probably would have made a total mess of myself looking back. Now, when I lived in that place, when I was in that place, yeah, sure, I'd look at celebrities and rich people and go, yeah, if I had all that money, I would do things better. I would be better. Do you really know who you are with that kind of power? Do you? It's a good question to ask yourself, breaking these habits of attitude. Fear of people, because... the, the, the beauty that comes flowing out of you, like, like Nikki Six said. I mean, it's okay to be different. I mean, that's part of art. That's part of life. That's part of music. It's part of culture. It's part of film. People that are willing to have the courage to be different change the world, right? As far as arts and, and stuff like that are concerned, this energy that comes with part of your heart. Do you see what I'm talking about? Habits of attitude and self image. And exposing your heart is scary. Doing the things that scare us, getting outside ourselves, letting some of our creativity flow in the midst of other people can be really scary. okay? But man I'm telling you is part of living life is getting outside of, of living in fear. The fear of man, right? Proverbs 29:25, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Um, Proverbs 1, right, where the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I love that, you know, he says that. There's a psychologist, social psychologist, who did a study. Um, basically, he was studying the psychology of regret. And he studied a bunch of people who, older people, people on their deathbeds, and asked them, What in life do you regret? And one of the biggest most popular answer that he got from people were I'm I'm regret that I didn't try more things I regret that I didn't um, do the things that were on my heart that you know some of the creative energy that we have in us right that's some of that regret we regret what we aren't what's put on our heart some of our calling right and, and listen part of this is our families that's another one um, I didn't spend more time with my family. I spent too much time at the office. People on their deathbed don't go, I wish I would have spent more time at my job. No one says that. Right? Letting our creativity flow in the midst of family, in the midst of what we enjoy. God stirs his affections for us and some of the things that we enjoy. Right? That's glorifying God. That God made the things of this world he wants us to enjoy them and he made every single one of us different that's good news right so it's breaking that fear of man and and living outside of regrets because he also went back and he asked them he said uh, so why didn't you do the things that you did and you know what they said you know what the most popular answer to that was i would look or feel stupid So I didn't take the challenge. I didn't take the risk. Right? I don't want to look stupid in front of my peers. That's a... Man, that's a tragic, right? That that fear would follow someone all the way to their deathbed going, man, I wish I would have faced the fears. It's part of what I talked about in that last show with discipleship, you know, that we wouldn't be comfort junkies, I think that's the sacrifice that we make in fear, is that we would become comfort junkies, right? Couch potatoes. Comfort junkies. Just do nothing. And live with the regret? No. God wants us to live a full, beautiful life. Despite the pain, despite injuries. Right? Breaking the fear of man. I listened to the lectures at Oxford University. Marianne Talbot talking about uh, critical reasoning. I love that uh, series of lectures. It's awesome information on on how people think and how people resolve conflict you know when they live together in community. Um, and she said that basically all conflicts are a struggle to find the truth, right? Like there's nobody that really wins an argument there's two people that maybe have a conflict with each other but what they're really doing is trying to expose what's true all right does that make sense like there's a truth that needs to be exposed kind of like gold in a mine And there's two people and they're at odds with each other so they're trying to mine out and find out what is the premise right what is this this the goal is to get to the premise to get to the truth of the argument in order to settle the conflict The problem with that is a lot of conflicts aren't solved because some people are just so stubborn and thick-headed that the truth is what they believe is right. Does that make sense? Like, I don't really even care about the truth on some levels. I'm just trying to protect myself. I mean, that's a big part of, of stubborn people with quick minds and a low emotional intelligence, right? So the first lie of the beautiful people I want to expose is autonomy. The self-governing, um, Wikipedia says it refers to the captivity of a rational individual to make informed, uncoerced decisions in a moral and political philosophy. Autonomy is often used as a basis for determining one's moral responsibility. Um, so we just kind of come up with our own truth right I mean if I'm gonna be a, a an autonomous person then I'm just you know I know what's right and and if you're doing something wrong then again you know it's like whatever works what if, it don't, if it's not hurting anybody it's fine um Bernard of Clarifax is a uh, a French reformer I guess Saint Bernard he was called um the doctor of the church, uh, an abbot, confessor, um, anyway, I don't know was a reformer, he was Catholic, but uh, back in this guy lived back in the, the year 10. And he was the one who coined the phrase, "The road to hell is paved with good intentions." Um, actually the exact translation of that from French is what he spoke. "Hell is full of good wishes and desires." Right. In this show, I've talked about the blessing of being addicted. Is there any good to having a horrible behavior control you? Right. Is there anything good to having your marriage fall apart, your your kids? I mean, divorce, the pain that happens. What can we find good about it? really, the facts are, is it's showing that our own system of autonomy isn't working, that there is a God, that he's pursuing us, right? I mean, that's the book of Romans. We're we're not looking for God or seeking God. God is searching and seeking for us. The book of Romans says no one's seeking for God. We're seeking truth, perhaps, but are we seeking God? No, God is pursuing us, right? God is breaking down our own system of morality to show us that We're not God, first of all. I mean, that's going back to the fifth commandment. Submission to authority, God being ultimate authority, is a good thing. That He loves us, that He is our good Father, not like the jacked up Father you may have had on this earth. God loves us. He's taking care of us. He's watching over us. Yes, there's pain. Yes, we are going to have to deal with conflict with other people, the sins that have been sinned against us. Yes. All those things are true. Yes, there's pain in the world, deep pain. But the truth is that God loves us and he's after us. And sometimes great responsibility, all right, the person that you are, that God's created you to be, sometimes he wounds those he loves in order to, you know, bust off these big chunks uh, of things that aren't really the real us right these big chunks of skin so to speak you know the the bible do these metaphors of he is the he is the potter and we are the clay you know uh there's part where the in the bible where it says you know what do you look at the potter and you like a you're like a pot sitting on the potting wheel telling the potter how you want to be shaped it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way and i know a lot of us have issues a lot of us are and pain and trying to make sense of it all but man I, I pray that this message hits you in the place where I can get you to think a little bit I can get you to maybe press into that relationship with God maybe to run to him instead of from him as he's pursuing you all right I'll throw a little social psychology at you while I'm while I'm rapping here um, cognitive dissonance. I've talked about that before. Um, I'll go into a little more detail about what that means. The, the image on the, uh, the podcast here is a painting um, called The Fox and the Grapes by uh, a guy named Aesop. Um, anyway, and it has everything to do with cognitive dissonance. Um, cognitive dissonance is the uncomfortable feeling that we hold between two conflicting ideas simultaneously. The theory of cognitive dissonance proposes that people have a motivational drive to reduce dissonance, right? They do this by changing attitudes, beliefs, and actions. Dissidence is also reduced by justifying, blaming, and denying. It is one of the most influential and extensive studies of the theories of social psychology. Cognitive dissonance. Imagine YouTube like YouTube videos are a great example of this kind of you know it's an, a viral video you know what I talked about in the last show about an idea being the most contagious thing that's out there from the from the film inception right it, it, it's contagious it it spreads like a like a virus an idea um, a viral video on YouTube imagine this here's a good example of cognitive dissonance imagine President Obama and his wife Um, come out and they say, we're going to do, you know, marriage is good for the economy. You know, when people stay married, it's good for jobs. It's good for, you know, social health. So we're going to do a marriage seminar and talk about our marriage and what to do in marriage, right? And we're going to put these on the web for free. And, you know, so they put that YouTube video out and it goes viral. Everybody's talking about it. Imagine everybody would be just a buzz about that. All right. Let's say six hours later, another video comes up and it's of, of President Obama, you know, and he's, this is not true, by the way, I'm making this up, but just for an example, like he's, he's caught in an affair or something, right? Like there's him yelling at some camera, he's pushing the camera away. Some woman comes running out of his hotel room, you know, half dressed and screaming and, you know, something like that. Let's say that comes up. Now, both those videos in the same day hit the internet and they go viral. Imagine the buzz, right? Imagine the energy. People would be freaking out. There would be reporters wetting themselves, right? Going, hey, what is going on? You know, they're just trying to solve this dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is uncomfortable. It, it sits in our mind and we don't like it. So our mind goes to work to resolve it right as quickly as possible for some of us because that way we can move on with our lives. We really don't like this uncomfortable feeling of dissidence between two thoughts or ideas. Um, Berkeley, I listened to a bunch of the lectures by uh, Rob Willer, Professor Rob down there at Berkeley. He's a great, great professor, entertaining, just funny guy. I like this guy. But he was talking about his his example of cognitive dissonance was the romantic comedy, which I thought was brilliant, right? Like every romantic comedy is, is the same like that, you know? Like there's always boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, right? They have... They, they click, you know, they hit it off, they have some adventure, and then something happens, right? They get split up, they have a disagreement, they have a conflict, and they both decide to go their separate ways. And then the film climaxes on them falling in love and getting back together in most romantic comedies, except for the breakup, which I found... I, I didn't really like the breakup because it showed, like, you know, Vince Vaughn plays this horribly selfish man, and they never really come together. Which But it was refreshing that I couldn't predict it, it wasn't like every other romantic comedy, but I thought that was a great example of cognitive dissonance, that you know, the romantic comedy, every romantic comedy does the same thing, it's like boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, boy and girl split up boy and girl come together in some climactic oh, isn't that sweet at the end right? that is solving cognitive dissonance um the picture that I have again uh, on the end on the podcast here, the graphic is this: uh, the fox and the grapes. And basically, um, when the fox can't reach the grapes, like above him are these beautiful grapes, and they're hanging down, and and he can't reach the grapes. So the picture shows him kind of with his head in the air, and he's walking away. Because in order to solve this dissidence, like he's given up trying to get the grapes. So he decides, I don't like grapes. You know what? I don't even like grapes. You know? I mean, that's part of the denial. is this attitude that we adopt. It's an energy that we adopt that's underneath trying to make sense of it all. Right? It's... It's true that we do that. We get, we attach attitudes and energies to the things that we're trying to solve. And they rule and reign over the shoulds and ought tos. They really do, over instruction. Like, there's a thousand books on how to lose weight, isn't there? So why are people still fat? If you don't like being fat, just get the information, do what it says, and you won't be fat anymore. I mean, that's a, should, that's a way to should and ought to on other people, isn't it? You know, and then we judge people and stuff like that. So that's the way we solve our dissidents with people who are addicted, right? We judge them. But the truth is, the lies of the beautiful people are what we tend to believe. That if I can just look pretty on the outside, if I can just get rid of my iPhone, right, if I can just get rid of the temptations, it's the porn industry's fault I'm sexually addicted, it's rated R movies, it's the billboards, it's alcohol, it's parties, it's my friends, it's, I mean, ultimately, yes, maybe we need to stop doing, get rid of your iPhone for a few months. But listen, you're not free if you think that your iPhone controls your life, it doesn't. It doesn't man your heart you do what you want to do ultimately you do what you want to do it's changing your want to that's everything that I have to talk about in this show realizing that we sin that we're not perfect that we're not God that we need help that's part of him pursuing us right he loves us tremendously I mean, the good news of the gospel is that God made a way for us to be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. Not through religion, not through looking pretty on the outside, not from believing the lies of the beautiful people, but exposing the areas where you struggle, where you need help, getting rid of your secrets in front of others sharing your life with others right first john if you confess your sins one to another god will forgive you of all your sin right we don't fake it god loves us jesus died for us to pay that debt that we feel Because that's really lie number two, that we're told by the beautiful people, right? That we are all alone, that you need to fake it, that we need to invest in that surface skin person. It's a huge lie that people believe. It's a huge lie that is promulgated and took in and it's kind of the opposite of faith, right? It it is faith in in the fact that you're putting your faith in surface things, putting our faith in superficial things, and expecting those things to save us, and and they don't. I mean, the Bible talks about, Jesus says it's like, you know, like sand, like building a house on sand. This kind of surface, superficial. There's no substance, there's no ground, you know, that stability, right? Um, The third lie of the beautiful people, okay, the third lie of this kind of superficial thing that's out there, right, this facade that everybody puts up is that we are somehow God, right, that we are all-knowing, that we are um, the center of the universe, um, that we should be sovereign, that we should know what's going on, it's a weird energy that we have, and it's part of that's that judgmental energy that we have when it comes to other people and how other people affect our own morality or our own motivations. That we, you know, we're, we're finite beings, limited in scope, right? Matt Chandler did a whole talk on these, the, the book of Habakkuk, talking about Habakkuk, and, you know, God points out to Habakkuk how this is a book of the Bible, how um, limited he is, how he doesn't know everything. That it's cool that he's praying and reaching out and freaking out and, and, and calling out to God, but God is going to remind him that he's limited in scope. I mean, our lives are this little tiny thing compared to the whole you know, history of the world of his creation. We just don't know everything we look at the stars you know a Hubble telescope and technology has us reaching looking out into the universe you know I think God just reminding us how small we are in the scope of his creation just his creation not to mention his character and his love for us we don't totally get it we don't know everything you know like I said before the end of the the book of Job all the horrible things that happened to Job and, and God is telling Job hey you don't you don't know what I'm doing I have a plan I love you you need to trust me there are things going on that you don't understand right right So we start to believe either the lie of autonomy or the lie of religion that says, you know, the lie of religion will say, well, if you're a good person, then God will bless you with good things. And, and that's true to a certain extent, but there's still horrible things that happen to good people. And it's not because God's mad at them or God's punishing them. Um, It's just part of the way the world works. God is patient with us. God is patient with others. There are things going on that we just don't understand. But he does love us. And he is good. A friend on Facebook that found out that their two-year-old has cancer. Where do you go when you get that kind of news? Are you going to lean on autonomy? A lot of us are in pain and how we react in pain reveals a lot about our heart. The effect pain has on our heart is tremendous. And what I'm really asking you to do is, is to think about this, right? Like, there's nobody in the sound of my voice whose whole life can't be turned upside down by a phone call. Some of you got those phone calls. Um, the reason I I do part of the reason I do this show and and. Uh, talking about the bomb going off there's so many hurt and pain and stuff that happens when this thing gets exposed when sexual addiction goes out of control, the horrible things that happen, the the effect, the ripple effect it has on families you know changing the future by changing our hearts I mean I, I really want you to think about what you put your faith in because we all put our faith in something we all do it we all we're not right we're not not worshiping like i've said before we're not not placing our hope in something we all place our hope in something and when tragedy strikes usually we just react when blessing happens, huge blessing is not another kind of heat. You know, heard a story about this guy who unexpectedly inherited um, hundreds of, of thousands of dollars. And that kind of thing, yeah, that's awesome. That, but that is also heat. It is hard on us. It's tough on us. And how we respond and how we react has everything to do with what we place our hope and faith in that's kind of the message of 12step and that was kind of the message that I put out there early on in the show is that you need to get a spiritual life or you need to realize that you, you know you need to go out and get a religion whatever right I mean that's kind of the the 12-step um, choose a God as you understand him kind of mantra that's out there but what I've really learned um, not only through through recovery but through staying clean right not going back to relapse is realizing that spiritually it's not that we need to go run out and get a spiritual life it's realizing that we already have one i was talking with a couple friends on facebook about a leap of faith right And, and basically the topic was inerrancy in the bible and the debate between you know evolution and uh intelligent design and I, I was thinking about it for a while and I, and I started to, to write about it and really on the issue of intelligent design versus evolution I would say it's not an intellectual argument it's a faith issue right on either side of the argument there is a leap of faith that takes place think about it from a scientific perspective I can't prove intelligent design as well as the atheist guy can't prove evolution Ultimately, the argument needs to come down to the affected heart and what it places its hope in. Because everyone ultimately gets up in the morning and places their hope in something. I don't tell people they need to get religion or they need to get a spiritual life. I like to expose a person to the fact that they already have one. The bad news of autonomy says that you should or ought to or know what's right and wrong. Statements like whatever works for you and as long as it's not hurting anyone else, right? Religion says if you follow all the rules then God will love you or intellectually checking the fire insurance box of religious grace. Truth be told both are cheap and superficial and have no impact on the desires of the heart and usually, if the arguer is honest, have to do with one's own judgment and outlook on the morality of other people more than themselves. For me, understanding the truth of the gospel has grown my roots down to the point where I'm grounded in something that's true and real. I know it's real, not because I can prove it, but because of its effect and continuing impact on my heart. I love what the guy in the article said about dogmatic assumptions. Faith is not ultimately found in intellectually stuffing doctrine in from the outside. Faith takes root in the heart and grows from the inside out. That growth takes place when an individual behind their eyes, not diverting off the ball and cup trick of OPM, other people's morality, right? When they have the courage to examine their own individual heart effects and realize what they actually do place their hope in. Are we going to place our hope in the glory of God? Or are we going to spend our energy on the glory of ourselves and our own autonomy and our own looking pretty on the surface? Look at my skin, not my heart, is the message of a lot of this superficial morality that's out there whether it's religious or atheistic autonomy either way it doesn't want to take a look a hard deep look at the soul i mean from my jacked up past let me tell you something rationalizing it's not hurting anybody can go a long ways the thief can go out and steal from people and say you know what i'm just releasing the rich guy of his junk you know i'm not doing anything wrong i mean look at robin hood right Stealing from the rich to give to the poor. That's what I'm doing. I mean, we rationalize in our own sense of thinking what's right, what's wrong, what's hurting others, what's good for us. Ultimately, it's all investment into the glory of self and what I think. Right? Because I'm God not to the real God who loves us, is pursuing us, and wants us to trust and take root in the things that he says because he loves us. Check this out. This is getting past our own skin, right? I love this. Um, this is 1 Peter uh, chapter 2. A lot of religious people will use these verses to say that women shouldn't, you know, Wear, dress, you know, have their hair done or, or look pretty, and, and some religious people go way too far with this verse, but really this has to do with examining the heart, right? The effects of the heart, like my friend Wes said when we were talking about this stuff on, on Facebook, you know, examining the heart motivations of other people and loving them and not, instead of judging them, right? Examine my own heart to see what I'm placing my hope in it's first peter chapter two starting in verse um actually first peter chapter three sorry starting in verse two the context would go from 220 to about three um, five and it has to do with husbands and wives it has to do with submission to authority you know not that men loom over women and you know boss them around that's not what he's talking about here but check this out it has to do with the the inner person of the heart Um, first Peter chapter two, verse first Peter chapter three, verse three, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight, very precious. I love that. Right, And he's talking to to women here in you know, gender roles and the family, stuff like that, but really being brides of Christ that we all are, I love that he says that. The, the, not investing all of this energy on the surface, person, like, how much time do we spend prettying ourselves up on the surface? Look at my skin, right? as opposed to feeding our own heart and soul, building that foundation and getting those roots to reach down deeper. How invested are we? Which side of that surface or heart level identity are we investing in? It's reaching for the glory of his presence within us, rather than investing all of our energy on the glory of ourselves. Right. And I'm praying for that, and I'm praying that I can continue to, to reach for Him. Galatians five twenty two. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, Faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-resistance, continence—against such things there is no law that one can bring a charge. That's in parentheses, this is from the Amplified Bible. Again, First Peter chapter three: Adorning the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which God's in God's sight is very precious like God is so focused and loving and kind and wants to know that inner person of the heart he want. It, it, I mean the Bible says every tear will be wiped away in heaven right God hurts when we hurt when we're sinned against it hurts God he's he suffers with us right the shortest verse in the bible two words jesus wept right god cares about our situation god loves us you are not alone but how we react has everything to do with what we actually believe in our hearts and what changes over time is not investing in all this I'm going to do something different I'm going to read another book I'm going to add another step I'm going to push in from the outside more intellectual know-how it is a heart change that says I want to react differently and man reach for him pray to him Ask Jesus to change you from the inside out. Ask him to bring his Holy Spirit to you. That he would let it take root in your heart and grow from the inside out. That's a real honest prayer. Not that he should or not that you're making him or not that you're forcing him. You're mad at him. Give me that Holy Spirit thing that's going to fix my life. That's not how it works. God wants a relationship with you. He loves you. He wants to give to you the Holy Spirit it's not some pious religious add-on right it's not like a, a, a hookup thing that you put on your web browser right? it's not like an app you download the Holy Spirit it is a relationship that you have with God and you're asking him and you're you're inviting to receive him to take up residence in your soul all right. I pray that you have the courage to get outside yourself and realize that you are not your skin that God loves and is after that precious inner person of the heart. I love you guys. My name is Russ Shaw. In the show right there. Um, I'll leave you with a bumper again by 6 a.m. The song's called Skin. I love this song. Um, If you want to send me an email, it's russ at asi247.org. Again, the website is asi247.org. You can look me up on Facebook by going to the website. That's the easiest way to do it and clicking on me as there is hundreds of thousands of Russ Shaw's in the world. (laughs) Um, um, Donations. Please, if there's anything, you know, that has made an impact on your heart, I pray that you could give, right? Um, Just out of gratitude, I don't want you to do it. If you think that you're obligated to do it, or I'm trying to scam people, or I'm trying to make a bunch of money with this, it's just to help keep the bills paid, right? So you can make a donation, again, help push back what's icy and cold and life-draining in the world. Uh, on the website asi247.org or you can write me I have a P.O. Box the P.O. Box is uh, you would make it to Russ Shaw is my name Um, P.O. Box 13324 that's in Everett Washington the zip code is 98206 here in the USA. More than money I need your prayers I pray that you would intercede war with me, um, talk to God with me, pray for me as I do this. We pray for one another, We, we love one another, that's good for us, yes God knows what's going on, but we move the mind, the heart of God through prayer, and that's true, that's biblical. So pray for me in in this season. It's a tough season. The future is uh, uncertain, and uh, I, I'm just asking for your prayers on on that. It, it's is tough <laughs> doing this this podcast again. I, I'm convinced that a fire alarm goes off somewhere in hell or something because uh, um, life gets challenging, right? Um. I just pray for strength and and pray for me on that. Again, uh, my name is Russ Shaw. I love each and every one of you more than you know. God loves you more than you can fathom, and that is true. Ask to back up the ninth commandment. This is 6 a.m. Bye. They start to judge you. Show them your true colors.